Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the I want to talk to you guys about belong and be different. I love oxymorons. I love things that don't go together, but they do go together. We can belong. We have a place of belonging, but we're also different. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Yes, God is going to, I mean, the enemy is going to try to tell us that we belong in a certain spot, but that's not true. And we've been talking about that this morning, even in Passionate Core of just, you know, when we first think of it, we think of sin, that that's where the world tries to tell us we belong. That's our first thought. But there's more than that. The world tries to tell us that we belong in financial trouble. The world tries to tell us that we belong in sickness, disease, impatience, fear, so many different things. It's not just sin. It tells us we belong in a certain mental state, but that's not true. We belong in truth. We belong in power. And that's what I want to talk to you guys today. I want to talk about not necessarily a belonging of the church right off the bat, but just a belonging of who you are, a belonging of who God has called us to be and the life we're meant to live. If you'll turn in your Bibles to John 5, we're going to read out of 1 through 6. I'm reading out of the modern English version. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there's a pool. In Hebrew, it's called Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great crowd of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And after the stirring, whoever stepped in first was healed of whatever disease he had. Now there was a certain man who had an illness for 38 years. 38, that's longer than I've been alive. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? They go pray with me real quick. God, I thank you for this opportunity to share the word that you put in my heart. The word that you have for the people today, I know that this is a divine appointment. Everything that's been said today has been leading up to this. God, that you move mountains, that you do things in our lives. You make not a way, but you make the way, a way that no other man can make. And God, I pray that as we go through this today, that you've already prepared our hearts, you've prepared our minds. We're ready to receive what you have for us this morning. So I pray that we can take that in that it's good soil that's being planted in today, and we're going to take it and take it into our lives and be different this morning. Amen. Okay, so maybe you're wondering, what does healing have to do with belonging? Maybe that has nothing to do with the whole series that we've been in. Blake, you've been in kids' church. You don't know what's going on. (laughs) But there is a sense there. There is a connection, and we're going to get to that today. Not necessarily the healing of this story, but more on the location. So again, he found him at the pool of Bethesda. We, that tells us in verses five, or chapter 5, 2 through 3. There's this pool. There's five porches. Five. 
full of people. Like this might be one porch, all of us together. So five times this, probably more than that, of people just lying around sick, sad, desperate, hopeless. That's just not a fun place to be. It's not Chuck E. Cheese. It's just hopeless. The pool of Bethesda. And I was researching the name Bethesda, and I found something interesting. It's made up of two elements. The first is common to the word bayit. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it because I'm not Hebrew. Bayit, B-A-Y-I-T. And it means house. The second part derives from the Hebrew word hesed. And it has two roots, and they're opposite of each other. The first one means goodness, and the second means shame. So I thought, how interesting is that? It's known for healing, and it's known for its power, and that's why people even go there to begin with. It's a house of goodness. It's a house of mercy, a house of hope. But when you get there, you see all these people, and they ain't got no hope. It's a house of shame, in a sense. There's a house of sickness, a house of depression. What was meant to be good is now bad from the worldly look. You know what I'm saying? So it means it has a double meaning. And so today I want to talk to you about where, what kind of Bethesda mindset are you living in? Do you belong to the house of goodness and mercy? Or are you belonging in a house of shame? And that's, that's only up to you. You determine what that house is. Nobody else can determine what it is for you. You have to make the decision. I mean, go back to this and just imagine the conversations that are happening at Bethesda. It's a one-upping conversation if I've ever heard one. You know, this one guy's talking about, man, I was just in this accident, lost all feeling in my legs, and now I can't walk. You know, his friend is over there, man... That's awful for you. But listen, I haven't been able to see my entire life. Like, at least you can see what's going on. I can't even see anything. Oh, that's nothing. I've been dealing with this for blah, 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 blah. Does anybody know a place like that today? I call it Facebook. (laughs) Because you get on Facebook and you're like, somebody's like, oh, man, I've got this headache today. It just won't quit. I can't even get out to make myself a sandwich, but I'm so hungry. And then you got people on, oh, hun, let me get there to you. Let me just get there and help you try to make that sandwich you need to eat today. Get up out of bed and make a sandwich. You know what I mean? But it's constantly people just saying one thing over the other. Oh, I can do it. That, this is what's going on in my life. You don't even know. I've been there, but have you been here? Because I've been there and bought the T-shirt. I even set up a little shop. Do you know what I mean? It's a mindset. It's a place that we get to. It's a thought. And that's where the enemy wants us because he can't take anything away from us. He can't do necessarily anything to us, but he can try to get into our thoughts. He can try to get into our mind, into our ideas, and turn something that was supposed to be amazing into a house of shame. Which brings me back to Jesus. And he comes up on this man 
He says, do you want to be healed? The world is trying to tell us that we belong there. We belong in that sickness. You belong in Bethesda. You belong in hopelessness. Healing is not for you. You got this far, but you can't go any further. That's what the world is telling us. Jesus, I almost knocked this little water down. But God is saying, Jesus is saying, do you want to be healed? And in another sense, he's saying, you don't belong here. You don't belong in this place. What do you want? Do you want to move? It's up to you. John 16, says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. It says in the world, you will have sickness. You will have failure. You'll have financial trouble. You're going to have a headache. But that's okay. I love a good but in a sentence. But that's okay. Because I have overcome the world. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He's overcome so we can overcome. I don't belong in sickness. I don't belong where the world tells me I can be different. So in this moment, back to Jesus and the man. He singles out just this one person. Again, there's a whole bunch of them, but he picks one. I mean, he could have made the miracle of miracles. All these sick people. And he could have just been like, and they're just all up dancing, having a good time. Now it's a pool party. (laughs) But he doesn't. He chooses one person. And I think that's important because it's not about the healing in this situation for me. One, it's about the healer. And two, it's about the man. It's about you. About what you can do. God can do anything for us, but he won't do it all. He's going to do it with us. We're partners. He can only go as far as you'll walk with him. If you don't walk, he's right there with you. But when you walk, he goes with you. It's a partnership. And so it's about the man. It's about a decision. It's about a point in his life that he's come to that he has to decide, is this my life? Is this what it's become? I mean, think about it. He got himself to the pool of Bethesda. The Bible doesn't necessarily say that he was there his entire life. So at some point you can speculate that he come from somewhere. He was able to get to Bethesda. But once he got there, he encountered different types of people. Like, listen, there's only one person going to get healed today. It ain't going to be you. I'm going to get in that pool. That's my healing today. Or, you know, there's a person like, oh, hon, bless your heart. Like, all these people are here. <laughs> you know, I want you to be healed, but I just don't, there's not a chance for that. And it's a mindset. He gets in his mind. It didn't happen today. I didn't make it there today. Not today. And it just becomes over and over and over until 38 years later, there he sits. 
By that time, I can, I can imagine that he's not even really trying anymore. Like, you know that feeling when your alarm clock goes off? And you're like, oh, it's, it's happening, but you don't get up. Because that happens to me every day. <laughs> the pole is stirring. He can hear it rumbling. He's like, oh, ah, there's tomorrow. <laughs> I know that feeling all too well. I have to say like 10 to even get up on time. But that's the mindset that he's gotten to. It's been one disappointment after the other. No healing. And I pose this question to you. Are the people going to Bethesda because they want the healing so that they can live a better life and so that they can live a life with God and that they can do what God has called them to? And are they going for the healer or are they going for the healing? Are they going for a story? Because once they get there and they get their healing, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to go out and help others find their place and help others find a place to belong? Or do they get their healing and they're done? If you're not there for the right reason, chances are you're not going to get what you need. It's about the healer, not the healing. It's about what God can do for you. It's about the provider, not the provision. He can get things to you any way he wants. If, you've got, if you don't got a job, but you got a financial burden, don't worry. God can get you the finances that you need. But are you doing what you need to do? Are you giving to God so that he can bless it? Are you holding on to it because you're afraid of what's going to happen if you let go of that? God can do anything. We sing about it today. God can do anything. I can do anything. He's faithful. Pastor was talking about man church, and I brought my book up here that I'm in today. It's never quit. Man, if you're not a part of this study, this is a plug. He didn't pay me to do this, but I'm doing it. This is free of charge today. This is a great, great study. This is book five. Never quit. Never give up. And in the book, it was one of the statements was, God is faithful. And I thought to myself, I've heard that so often. I posted it on Facebook, as we do. And some of you may have seen it. Some of you may have not. But God is faithful. Faith, yes, amen. I love the little background. Faithful there is not necessarily a verb. It's a noun. The words are interchangeable. God is faithful. Faithful is God. It's his character. It's who he is. He cannot not be faithful. It's against his nature. Every part of his being is to benefit you and me and to be there for us and to make a way. That's what he does. Back to the man. And Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And the man says to him, somewhere, John 5, 7. Sir, I mean, if it was Jesus and me at this moment, I know there would be a little sarcasm. Do you want to be healed? Psh, nah, I'm good. I'm like, yes, I want to be healed. It's, you know, a simple question that people are like, why would he even ask him that? 
of course he wants to be healed. A lot of times, most times, God isn't asking you a question because he needs to know what needs to happen. He needs you to speak it out. He needs you to say what needs to happen because he already knows. But again, it comes down to what are you going to do? Not what he's going to do because he's going to do it. He's already done it. What are you going to do with it? Do you want to be healed? And he says, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. When I'm coming, someone else steps in. Now in this moment, again, he's got the healer standing right in front of him. Master of miracles. Do you want to be healed? And he doesn't say, yes, please. <laughs> Help me, God. Let, get me out of this situation. He looks to his lack of healing. Well, yes, I want to be healed, but when I try, it doesn't happen. So he doesn't answer with faith and with what God can do. He answers with fear, with an excuse. How many of you know that you, there's that one person in your life and they're constantly saying they need to do something, they need to change, they just want to whatever. And you're like, oh, well, option A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, L, P, Q, R, S, T, V, W, X, Y, Z. No, that won't work for me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you then because I gave you 26 options. They've always got an excuse. We've said it here at the church. You can either make an excuse or you can make a difference, but you can't do both. Which one are you going to do? Are you going to be an excuse maker? Or are you going to be different? Are you going to do something? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to belong? Do you want to belong in the place that God has called you to belong? In the mindset, in the hope, in the truth, in the victory that he's called you to belong. And Jesus responds back with one statement in John 5, 8. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Something that the guy can't do. For 38 years, he's not been able to do it. And Jesus says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. But it's a powerful statement. We have to get away from where the enemy tells us to belong and get to where God has called us to belong. Get away. Get away from that mindset. Get away from those people. Get away from the excuse makers and find some difference makers. Find a church, find a community where you belong that is encouraging you. Not a Bethesda of people who are like, man, not like just, not today. It's just... Not today. Just lay down, take a rest. It's going to be there tomorrow. No, I don't want to be around those people. I want to be around somebody that says, get up. You can do this. Don't never quit. You can do this. I need some people to encourage me. Some people to tell me, you got this. I got you. Get to a place that you can belong that empowers you. That's my first point. I'm going to help you remember how to get away. Kristen knows that I love anagrams, and so I've got one coming for you. I do it in youth all the time. Is that the right word, anagrams, where the letters spell out something? Teachers? Acrostic. See? Thank you, Jesus, for people that belong with me that know words that I don't. An acrostic. I've got an acrostic for you today. Get away. Get empowered. G-E, get empowered. That's the first thing Jesus says to him is rise, 
something that he's not been able to do for 38 years, rise. And so at this point in that man's mind, he's just like thinking, oh my God, like, do you not think I've been trying to walk? Do you not think that's what I've been trying to do? And you're telling me to rise. So there's a shift in his mind. He's like, okay, well, obviously he knows something that I don't know. So I'm just going to do what he tells me to do. And we'll see what happens. He gets his mind off of this problem on what he can do and gets his mind on the person that's telling him to do it. And he does it. He gets up. After 38 years, he stands up. Somebody came into this pool of just sickness, just took one person to go out and find him and say, you don't belong here. You belong somewhere different. Listen, that's what we're here to do, y'all. Do you know that church, this group, if we allow it, can become the kind of Bethesda that's just the house of shame? That we're just here helping each other feel sick and encouraging each other, enabling each other? That's not who, that's not who I'm going to be. And I don't think that's who you are because I know, because y'all have encouraged me. That's not who we are. We're a Bethesda with a house of mercy, a house of goodness. Amen? Hello? Okay, I'm just making sure some people are out there with me. I'm fixing to have to tell some of you to rise. That's who we are. We've got to go out and find some people that feel like they ain't got no hope and say, no, this isn't where you belong. You need to get encouragement. Get empowered. Come to the river. Get empowered. Get up. We've got hope here. Love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, peace, gentleness. All those things. We got what you need. He tells him to rise. So he does it. Here's a thought that had consumed his mind. For 38 years, he thought that he couldn't walk, that he couldn't do it. The thought that consumed his mind controlled his life. Do you know what I mean? Whatever you're thinking on controls you. Whatever you meditate on is your life. Doesn't the Bible tell us to meditate on good things? To renew our mind daily? To think on good things? It's hard. Climbing that mountain on Friday was hard. Y'all, my feet hurt. I had to keep telling myself, walk, walk. Just keep walking, step. One step at a time, walk. I wanted to quit the minute that I got on the trail. (laughs) I said, nope, not today, Satan. (laughs) But I I couldn't be that person because I was around a group of people they were doing it. Oh, I was with people that encouraged me, that empowered me, that told me, you can do it. Keep on going. Never quit. Keep walking towards your goal. Don't stop. Keep moving. Never quit. I was in the right belonging of people. The thought that consumes your mind controls your life. Isaiah 26, 3 People with their mindset on you, you keep completely whole. You steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. Once he made that shift, he stood up. Today, you've got a decision. I'm telling you, I know somebody is here today because Jesus has prepared this. 
You've got a decision. Are you going to stay where you've stayed for the last 20, 30, I don't know, 40, 50 years? You're like, dear Lord, it's like it never ends. What are you doing different? You know, the definition of what is it? Like doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Insanity. House of shame. Quit doing the same thing. Do something different. Be different. Quit making excuses. You know, that's just what, that's what today is. That's what Facebook, that's what all these things are. Just encouraging people to be okay with what they can't do sometimes. That's okay. Not everybody was meant to do that. Why not tell them that they can do it? Encourage them. Okay, maybe you can't do it now, but tomorrow, you're never going to be able to do it tomorrow if you don't start trying to do something today. Let me tell you, you can't accomplish something if you never get up to do something. We belong in a place of encouragement. On the trip, we were talking about a game, The Land of Coffee and No Tea. I love that game. Because, you know, in the land of coffee and no tea, it's crazy. There's trees, but no forest. You can see, but you can't hear. All kinds of things. But I was thinking to myself today, you know what's the same in that crazy land? Is that attitude is better than power. My attitude determines everything. I can have all the power. We've seen it. If you watch the news, people in positions of power, they give up and give up on life, take their life. They had power. Their attitude, though, their mental state, their sense of belonging, they were in the wrong place. Attitude determines altitude. Attitude is everything. When Jesus saw and asked about him being healed, he didn't see it as an opportunity, but as a moment to complain. You have to switch your attitude, switch your mindset. You belong in empowerment, not weakness. The second thing is you have to take action. He tells him to get up and take up his bed. Why? Because he doesn't belong there. Don't leave yourself a place to come back to. When you're leaving somewhere, I'm, when I'm leaving my sickness, I'm not going to leave a nice little setup to come back to. I'm packing it up. And I'm moving over here where I belong, and I'm setting up a new residence. That ain't my home. I'm not going to make it easy to go back. When you're trying to leave your addiction, if you have an alcohol problem, you don't leave your spot at the bar in your bar store where you can come back and everybody knows your name. No, you change where you sit. I go somewhere different. I go to a new place of belonging. If I've got a problem with gambling, I don't go chill with the boys at the casino. Oh, I'm not going to take any money today. That's okay. I'm just going to go hang out and have a good time. I've been there. Been there, done it. It don't work. Take up your mat. Don't leave a place and go somewhere different. Take action. You know, they tell us not to burn bridges. Well, today you need to light it up. 
Burn that bridge. Burn it down. Burn it to the ground. I almost burned the entire Guadalupe because I heard there were tarantulas there. (laughs) I said, nope. It's okay to burn some bridges, the wrong bridges. Get rid of some connections. You're not ever going to move on until you let go of the people that are holding you there. Until you take up your mat and go somewhere different. Change your number if you have to. God knows I have changed my number 20 times. My mom can tell you. (laughs) That's the first time she said amen today. But you know what? You just got to keep doing it sometimes until it sticks. You don't quit. You say, oh, no. You don't quit. You never give up. You keep going back to a place of belonging, to a place where you know that you can do something. Whatever you're walking away from, you can't leave a path to go back. Pack up your stuff. The last thing is you have to walk away, y'all. Walk away. It doesn't do any good to pack up your stuff and just leave it sitting there. You got to move on. You have to walk. Jesus didn't say, great. Now jump on. I'm going to give you a piggyback ride and we're going to head on over to the promised land. No. It's not that simple. You still have to put in some effort. You still have to do something. You have to pick up your feet and you have to walk. Nobody can do it for you. No one can change your position. Only you can. Now, can other people help you find the courage you need? Yes. Can others help you get empowered? Yes. That's the whole point of community. That's the whole point of what the body of Christ is supposed to be. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brothers... Warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, support the weak, be patient towards everyone. And then I saw this one too, and I thought that it was great. I'm going to pull out my Bible. It's on my phone. That's how I roll. Hebrews 10, 24 through 26. Let us consider how to spur one another to love and to good works. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But let us exhort one another, especially as you see the day approaching. And then here's where I liked it. For if we willfully continue to sin after we have received the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Now, if I can replace those words, people have encouraged me. But if I willfully continue to sin after I've received the knowledge, there no longer remains a sacrifice. It puts it back on me. My community has encouraged me. My community of believers has empowered me. But if I choose to disregard that and not do it, that's on me. Not on them. You have to do it. We need each other. But it falls on you. We have to be willing to walk away. I can tell you all day, you don't belong here. This isn't your home. Come with me. But you've got to walk with me. You have to do it. You have to get away. Get empowered. Take action. And walk away. You. Bottom line, guys, Warren, if you want to go ahead and come, is that God wants us to live the best life possible. 
I mean, when he first created the world, that's what it was, paradise, relationship. He wanted to be with us, spend time with us, walk with us, talk with us, enjoy life. But then Satan comes in and he gets in Eve's mind and he says, God's trying to keep you from something better. Don't you know there's a tree right over there that's got everything that you need? Sometimes God isn't trying to keep things away from us. He just knows it's not good for us. He's trying to keep us from something bad. He's trying to protect us because he knows what it'll do. You know, those of you that have kids, your kid doesn't need to know everything. You know that as parents, there's some things they don't need to know. God loves us. He knew that we didn't need to know certain things because he loved us and he wanted us to have the best life. But the enemy comes in and says, you're missing out. There's stuff you need to know. Don't you want to see what it is? The enemy is only going to try to intimidate us, try to torture us, all those things, but he can never actually do anything to us. He can only try to get into our minds and we allow that access. And Eve did that. She fed into that lie, and then Adam went along with her. It's a lie that continues today. You don't need God. You can be your own God. You have everything you need. We were watching a show the other night, a show that I love, and they kept saying, I swear on Oprah. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, that's... Maybe they're trying to say that to be funny, but here's the thing. Even if they're trying to be funny, it's truth a truth that the enemy is trying to put into people's lives without them knowing of, oh, trust Oprah. It's not, Oprah is the one like, oh, don't swear on Oprah. Who cares about Oprah? No, we need God. We need to belong. We were created to belong. You're either going to belong where the world tells you to belong are going to belong where God has called you to belong, where you're meant to belong. But you decide. The world promises a place to belong when in reality, it's only a place of seclusion. They tell you they've got everything that you need, but you always wake up with that empty feeling. And I know because I've been there. You wake up with that empty feeling of, man, something is missing. This isn't right. Maybe I need to go over here and talk to these people. No, that's not it. Maybe I need to go have a drink with this person. No, I still feel bad. It's because you're meant to belong with God until you get to a place of encouragement, a place with God. Without him, you're not complete. But again, God is faithful. Not because he chooses to be, but because it's his nature. He's given us everything that we need. He's standing right in front of us saying, do you want to be healed? Do you want to belong? Do you want to leave your situation? If everybody will go ahead and stand up. Do you want to leave the place that you've been at where you felt hopeless, insecure, afraid? The place that maybe somebody's told you, this is what you deserve. You've made your bed, lie in it. 
This is what you get for what you've done. You're reaping the consequence. Sure, there's consequence, but you deal with it and you go on because that's not where I belong. I belong with God. I know that. Do you? Do you trust it? Do you believe it? You know, a lot of times people say, I know God is faithful. I've seen him move in people's lives, but I just don't know that he'll do it for me. You're doubting God's faithfulness. You're doubting his character. You're more focused on your worry, on your thoughts, than what he's already done. He's already been faithful. He's already proven himself faithful. Just accept it. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to belong? So today I'm asking you, if you're here, all eyes closed, this is a moment with you and God. God, I have laid here for so long, but I need to do something different. I need to do something. He's already, he's standing right here saying, rise up and walk. So if that's you, if you feel like you need to do something, I'm telling you, rise up right now. Take up your mat and walk away from that situation and walk down to here where Jesus is waiting to take you to the place you belong. You're faced with a circumstance. This altar is open. God wants to do something for you. But you have to take a step. You have to do something. You have to be willing to move. Are you willing? These altars are open. Yes, amen. Don't be afraid. You belong in a better place. You belong in hope. You belong in victory. If you want it, it's here. The second thing, usually I will start with this call, but I want to do this one second. These are people that are walking down right now that believe and trust in God. They have a relationship with God. And maybe you're saying, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know who God is. And you're always a, you know, I know that feeling. You're afraid to step out. You're afraid to make that moment because you're afraid of what other people might think. I want to go with God. I want to be saved. I want God to be my healer. I want him to be my redeemer, my savior. But I don't want to know what other people are going to think about me. Here's a great opportunity for you right now. Believers, people that are saved and have a relationship with God, they're dealing with things too. We're all dealing with something. And I brought them up first as an example because even though they have relationship with God, I know because I know each one of them, they still have issues they walk through. It's okay. But they had to first make the decision to accept Jesus. So if that's you today, you say, I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know. I don't have that relationship. But you want to make him your savior today. You don't belong to the world. You belong to God You've got to stand up, take action, and move. If that's you and you want a relationship with God today, walk up here. Walk to the victory that God has for you. Walk to the healing that God has for you. It's up to you. I can't take you with me. I can't carry you with me. That has to be your choice. And you see today there are people that are making that choice today. 
You're not alone. Yes, amen. God, I just thank you for the opportunity. If I could have some people come and pray with those that are here in the altar, let's be that encouragement. Let's be that empowerment that they need today. Let's be that body. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word, to share a word that I've lived, the word that I know, that I felt like I don't belong. I felt like I can't find my place, that this is my life and this is where I belong. But thank you that somebody walked into my life and said, do you want something different? Do you want to belong somewhere but be different from the place that you're in? And walk, walk, and I will walk with you. And God, I thank you for your faithfulness today. I thank you that you can move the mountains, that you can make a way where there seems no way, that there can be a difference, that we don't have to make excuses, but that we can walk in freedom and authority and power. God, each one of these individuals that are here today, those that came and those that didn't, Lord, encourage them. Wherever we're at in our walk, wherever we're at in our situation, encourage us. Send someone into our life and speak to us. Be with us. You are a difference maker. And you're changing our lives this very moment. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. That we belong, but we're different. We belong to you. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving chat. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself